This is the Taz and Jim Podcast. Man caught rollerblading on the Lincoln-Alexander Parkway, the link, in Hamilton over the weekend. Video was posted of a guy on rollerblades. He's in the middle of the road, and he's got two police cars, SUVs following him close behind. He is uh, flipping off the cops and continuing to rollerblade <laughs> down the highway. I think this is the first time I've seen this. A rollerblade hot pursuit on a highway. <laughs> Man, rollerblades make anything hot. <laughs> yeah, a uh, low-speed chase. This guy is obviously not going 90, which is the speed limit there on the link, but uh, the cops are behind him, luckily, to slow down traffic because if somebody was coming up hot behind him, like, this is super oh, dangerous. Yeah. yeah. And, yeah, you wouldn't be on the lookout. There's no reflectors on him, probably, like he's a bike would generally have. He's but... in a black hoodie with black sweatpants or track pants oh, on, it terrifying. looks like. You know, I, I, a lot of times they'll try to throw, like, the rumble, stri- or sorry, the uh, the spike strips down if a car is trying to get away from the cops. I hope the cops just threw a hockey stick in front of his rollerblades. Yeah. Trip him up. Some sand. <laughs> yeah, just open the door and hit him. So this guy, though, he's got the cops behind him. He decides he's going to get the heck out of there. At one point, he uh, ran across the grass median. Not a bad move. Started traveling in the other direction. I don't know if he was detained or not i don't have that information here Uh, i would love to know what is going on why this guy was rollerblading just took the wrong off ramp (laughs) didn't know how to stop i've been there you're on rollerblades you you can't break well and then there's an incline or decline and you start just rolling away yeah yeah and he wasn't giving the finger he was pointing to his rollerblades and he's missing a finger i don't know i'm trying to help this guy It looks like he's giving the cops the finger. Yeah, a lot, a lot like it. Did you bring your rollerblades? I literally go nowhere without them. This is the Taz and Jim podcast. Jim, how many joints do you think you could pop in twelve seconds? Pop? Popping some joints, yeah. Oh, okay. Are you not into popping joints? Sorry. I thought I, you, you were. When you asked me about joints, I thought, yeah, no, popping, popping your joints on your body. What uh, were you thinking of? Like popping a joint into your mouth. <laughs> uh, a marijuana joint. Yeah, I thought you might think that. Yeah, I think maybe you set me <laughs> I up. I set you up. You son of a... <laughs> I don't pop my joints. You, I notice you pop your knuckles a lot. I'm a knuckle cracker. Yeah. Drives some people crazy. Yeah, I Should don't... I do it? I can do Go it. For it. I sure. can do it at any yeah. time. I mean... Ready? Yeah. If you don't like the sound of this, just turn the radio down for a second. Gross. Oh, disgusting. That How do you ever loud. expect to throw a punch? You throw you're gonna if you ever have to defend yourself, you're, you'll hear it three counties over. <laughs> if I ever punch somebody. Oh. There's the thumbs. thumbs. There's the thumbs. I've been working too. on that. Uh Guinness World Record knuckle cracker popped 46 joints in a row. And he is the new world record holder. Ollie Lundgren is his name, and here he is. Strong genetics.
The start there, it sounded like 12 oh, no. seconds. <laughs> yeah. Son, what are you doing in there? Just popping my joints, Mom. <laughs> Why are you taking so long in the washroom, Ollie? <laughs> popping 42 joints. Yeah, he's doing his feet, his knees, his neck. He's got it all going there. Wow. And quickly, I would love to see a video of that to see what kind of spasm he's having to make that happen. Well, there is a video, so we can post that on the Taz and Jim okay. Facebook page for anyone who uh, who wants to check it out. You should try to set the world record for popping the other kind of joints. Like just fill my mouth like a row, like a pan flute? I'll throw them at you. Oh, you catch okay. them in your mouth. <laughs> The Taz and Jim Podcast. From sunrise to sunset. Ron wins the Masters Marathon. We are joined by former Canadian Tour champ, world-class ball striker. Our golf friend, Alan McLean, is on the air. Hey, Alan. Good morning, gentlemen. Were you pleased to see John Rahm win the Masters yesterday? I think I was. But secretly, deep down inside, I was hoping that a love golfer might win, uh, just purely for the aftermath. I, would, I was hoping that uh, Greg Norman might uh, say something controversial in the aftermath. But uh, I was happy to see John Rahm win. I heard rumors that the live golf guys had all banded together because you had uh, Kepka, who was leading heading into Sunday uh, by four strokes. Um, he was kind of trash talking a bit and you had the live golf guys. The rumor was they're all, if he won, they're all going to swarm the green at the end and, and do some big celebration. I, I, you know, I, I would love to have seen it. Uh, I, I think I was more intrigued by what Norman might say. And, uh, the fear with the golf is doing something like that is always that the masters, because it's truly an invitational, might not send you back an invitation for next year. So I don't, uh, I would take that with a pinch of salt. Hmm. Do you think the live golf guys have an advantage? I was debating some of my buddies over this point. Uh, they have an advantage because they just got these huge paydays. So they know from a financial standpoint, they're set. And it's not as big as a financial deal for them to have to win this tournament. I think that's the main reason that they went over to live. Um, you know, and I was actually looking at the payouts this morning and, and I saw that Ram won about 3.25 million. And I was thinking to myself over the last two weeks, Cook uh, uh, earned a tidy 5.7 million. So, you know, it, it clearly pays to be a live member. Um, but uh, yeah, I think as a sportsman, uh, we are money motivated and, and, and that's what it's about. Yeah, doesn't that give you a little uh, mental, mental edge yeah. going into the game, knowing that you just made $5.2 million And Hey, if I win the Masters, great. But if not, I don't have to worry about my bank account. Taz, I haven't had that, uh, that problem yet in my life, you know, <laughs> even being a world-class ball striker. But I'll let you know when I find out. A <laughs> <laughs> uh, live golf guy that just turned it on on Sunday, Phil Mickelson. Look at Phil go, huh? As a 50-plus-year-old golfer, um, Mickelson has inspired me. I think that was an awesome display. Um, just goes to show you what one good round can do at the Masters. And, um, you know, uh, hats off to him. Uh, I'd heard that by all accounts, he was uh, very um, withdrawn all week. He didn't really participate. He went to the champion's dinner, but was very quiet, sat in the corner and was, uh, you know, 
um, just sucking on his dummy in a very nice way. He didn't want to say anything that was uh, controversial, stayed out the way, and look what happened. Were you Which dis- Roy McElroy taking that advice? <laughs> Were you disappointed that Tiger Woods got uh, knocked out of the tournament? Self-inflicted kind of, had a foot injury. Plantar fasciitis is what they're calling it. Some yeah, well, he heel. didn't get knocked out. He withdrew yeah. because he was injured. And if you watched on Saturday, you saw him just hobbling around. It was kind of sad to watch, Alan. Tiger, the, 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 the trials and tribulations of Tiger is well documented. And um, he, he clearly says that he can hit balls till the sun from sunup to sundown, but uh, he cannot walk. And, um, you know, the Masters, uh, Augusta is very hilly. So uh, with the bad weather, uh, wet conditions, um, his hobbling, I, I think it was just some form of ailment that was going to knock him out, and it did. Yeah, you hear that from people who have knee replacements, hip replacements, that if the rain's coming, they start to ache a little bit. So maybe Tiger, because of the barometric pressure, was having more problems out there than he would have if it was sunny and 80 degrees, right? Yeah, I think he might have made an effort had it been in those conditions. The the weather was crazy. What about that tree that almost took out some fans? Like a giant tree. This thing must have been hundreds of years old. Fell over onto the golf course. Yeah, two. Uh, I think it was two trees that fell, and uh, it wasn't like they were. Uh, it was back in the woods. It was right where the patrons, as they say at the Augusta National, there. The patrons were sitting. Um, oh, yeah. So I think um, everybody was lucky. Um, you know, I've, I've actually experienced a tree like that. You just hear a crack, and then everything is in slow motion. Um, but that was scary. The way we play, Jim, I'm surprised we haven't seen more trees fall over on the golf course <laughs> after our balls hit them. Yeah, but there's no speed hitting them. I was kind of hoping it was going to be like Happy Gilmore where it falls on the green they have to putt around the tree. Yeah, play it as it lies. <laughs> you know, you've let me in here, uh, Taz, and I, I'm going to have to agree with you there. Uh, I've seen you play. I'm, I'm also surprised. Yeah, those trees better look out. <laughs> uh, one Canadian made the cut. Mackenzie Hughes had a good weekend at the Masters? He finished uh, tied for 29th. Uh, he made a cool uh, $125,000, I believe. And uh, he's been playing well. He played well at the match play a couple of weeks ago. Um, I picked him in my golf pools. And, um, yeah, uh, he, did, uh, he did okay. So you think Rom is uh, his trajectory is going to continue to go up? Is he a player that is – going to uh well he's won a number of uh tournaments over the past few months do you think it's going to continue throughout the year i think form in golf is always fleeting um you know the better player you are the the longer that form might last but uh i will say that um rom has the ability to dominate the game and and like tennis a few years ago i think golf has reached a point now where we have a big three or four and those four golfers are going to dominate most weeks uh, whether it be Raw, McElroy, Scheffler, uh, for sure. And, and, uh, and I would probably add in, you know, probably a Spieth who seems to be coming back to, to form. So uh, golf's in a good space. And um, Rahm is obviously one of the stars of the game. Former Canadian Tour uh, champion Alan McLean is on with us here. Thank you for your time, Alan. We'll let you go. It's going to be 20 degrees and sunny out there. You probably have a tea time. Uh, not today. Maybe later. Maybe later. <laughs> Anytime you want to play with us. I know it's painful for you, but we'd love to come out on the course with you again.
We need to get that Facebook Live going again, Taz. Is that still alive? <laughs> still is big. Yeah, yeah, we could have a face-off again. <laughs> I'm in. I'm in. High-stakes right. games. You know, that, those, yeah. are, those are the only ones I like playing it. Thanks, Alan. Appreciate you. The Taz and Jim Podcast. And it seems we got a bit of a laundry theme on the show today. Earlier, we were talking to Leslie. She called in working overnight in the laundry room of a hotel. Yes, sir. I've always wondered about the hotel laundry room. Do you wear gloves when you handle those sheets and towels? Because I think I'd want to. You know I do. You yeah. have to, yeah. <laughs> you just throw them in the furnace? <laughs> there, there, are, there are times I bet that housekeeping goes into those uh, hotel rooms and the towels are standing up straight in the corner. We don't even want to talk about that one. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> How often does it happen where you're just like, yeah, we're not washing this. Let's just throw it in the garbage. Quite a bit. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Unsalvageable. <laughs> you know it. Okay. Well, I, I think I just heard a buzzer go off. You got to switch loads over there, okay? Pardon the pun. <laughs> yep. Have a good day. Thanks for Bye. Call. Little insight there into the laundry room at a hotel. 24-hour day laundry service. That, like, even on a holiday weekend, they're cleaning sheets. Someone's got to do it. Good on you. Here's a laundry story from Spain. A man nearly died when the machine he just filled up and turned on at a laundromat caught fire and exploded seconds after he walked out of the door. So he's walking out. This is like the explosion goes off behind you (laughs) as you're walking away. He throws his laundry in, presses start, walks out the door of the laundromat end. Plate glass window at the oh, front yeah. of the store explodes. Glass is flying everywhere, shatters. Luckily, no one was killed. It's terrifying. But you see, like, the flames shoot out of the dryer that he was just using. Like, it's a real movie explosion. What happened? Well, he left a lighter in the pocket of a pair of pants. <laughs> That's Whoops. crazy. It must not have been a, a Bic lighter because I've dried... Several. Have you put lighters through the laundry? A hundred times. Stop it. (laughs) Someone's going shopping for some new pants. Motley Crue drama. Uh oh. These guys are they're they're a bunch of drama all the time, aren't they? (laughs) They've they've somehow stayed in the news. I mean, the the movie uh, came out on Netflix about Motley Crue. They've been they've been like kind of in the news in and out ever since then. Well, Mick Mars. He is now suing the rest of the band. Um, oh, boy. Yeah, he, he resigned from Motley Crue, um, but he says he was removed from the band despite being assured he could still record in the studio. His cut from profits has been significantly reduced, so he is he's suing the rest of the guys. Now, he does have some major health struggles. He's not young. How old is Mick Mars? 71. 71? He was the old guy in the band. He was always older than the rest of the guys. So Mick, is he's up there, Mm -hmm. but he says he could still record in the studio, and he wanted to do that. Um, The band is saying that he... They have an agreement. They all have an agreement. This is a money cash grab lawsuit. He's been manipulated by his lawyer and his management and they don't owe him anything. In fact, 
Motley Crue has given him advances over the years of a ton of cash that he has never paid back. So uh, I wonder I wonder what's true cuz who knows, but I could see a lawyer or management trying to get the last little bit of cash they can try to absorb as much as they can if Mick can no longer perform or squeeze work. the juice just, right? and then hopefully they'll pay you just to go away you take your cut and you move on blood from a stone <laughs> as they say lawyers ah. lawyers yeah. managers uh so mick has sued them and he uh he wants money i, I guess from the band touring and stuff but motley Crue says they had an agreement if you're not on tour with the band you don't get paid yeah, if you can't perform, you know, I guess they all have probably royalty percentages that they take, but if you can't get on stage and play, somebody's got to do it for you, so they need to be paid. Well, someone's getting paid, the lawyers. <laughs> the lawyers definitely will be paid here because uh, it doesn't look like either side is willing to give in at this point. The Taz and Jim Podcast. What a way to travel. On the weekend, a video was posted on a uh, Facebook community, Facebook site in Hamilton of... The Lincoln Alexander Parkway, a man in a hoodie, black uh, pants, rollerblading down the middle of the road. He's got two cop cars behind him, and he's flipping off the cops. Then he seems to lose them because he cuts across the grass median and starts rollerblading in the other direction. Uphill, by the way. Wow. Yeah. Some strong calves on that guy. Enduro rollerblades, on-road, off-road. Don't know if he was caught. Don't know if they apprehended the guy. Again, if you have any information about the Lincoln Alexander rollerblader, we'd love to know what the full story is, what the heck is going on. There's some interesting folks in the Hamilton area who do interesting things. I don't think uh, the Hamilton man is ready to compete with the Florida man quite yet. No. It's a different league altogether. Take this story, for example. I mean, rollerblading on the highway is one thing. But have you ever got naked, greased yourself up, and then broke into a bunch of homes? Recently? Before before getting chased by the cops? I can't say I have. Well, now that the weather's nice this week, yeah. Jim, think about trying it. Here is a, a body cam recording of a police officer who's running after a naked man, jumping on trampolines through a backyard. He jumps into a pool. He realizes at the end the guy is lubed up with something. I got one running, going... Westbound, behind just the fence, he's naked. He's in the pool. Still running. Get back here! Put your hands behind your back! Hands behind your back! Oh, okay, it's like a paste. Yeah. What's all over you, man? It smells like toothpaste. <laughs> so he's covered in a paste that's obviously mint smelling. He's covered himself. He's got, he's a fresh scent. <laughs> I wonder, I mean... My guess is he's on some sort of whacked out drugs. Yeah. That's just my random guess, and he's Maybe doing random things. Substances, illegal substances may have been involved, as well as some Colgate. But yeah. uh, Maybe it's a new strategy? I don't know. Well, I'm a pretty pale white guy, and people ask, how do you stay so white, Taz? Instead of soap, I use toothpaste in the oh, shower really? every morning. Yeah, <laughs> nice whitening toothpaste. Yeah, so, oh, that's a look you're going for. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> I like to border on translucent, Jim. <laughs> uh, lubed up with toothpaste. Honestly, I thought it would have been worse things. Toothpaste, if he's lubed up with, la- least of my worries, it smells nice, it's hygienic. Like, if it could have been, I thought it was going to be like mint 
lube or something like that because then you can't even catch him. He's yeah. so slippery. He's sliding out. Yeah. Getting no away. <laughs> have to tackle him twice. <laughs> this is the Taz and Jim Podcast. Been a long time coming. We're finally here, though. Final four in the Taz and Jim small town tournament of 64. Jim, who has made it through? Four biggins, Taz. Goderich, Paris, Grand Bend, and Port Dover. What an honor for all four, but there can be only one. It is the final four. And these matchups are going to be epic. First off, Grand Bend versus Port Dover. Two beach towns going head-to-head here. Port Dover, known for hogs and dogs. That's right, the Arbor Hot Dogs, number one, most famous there. And motorcycles, number two. Now, a lot of people like to drive their motorcycles to Port Dover, not because it's a nice drive. It's just because there's no parking at the beach. They're taking on Grand Bend this morning. It's the sand in your crack capital of Ontario. <laughs> but I was doing some research here, and the Toronto Star once called Grand Bend a hedonistic, now this is a quote, Grand Bend is a hedonistic bastion of sun, drugs, sand, and sex. Wow. End quote. And now you know why Grand Bend is filled with douchebag tourists from Toronto. It's because the star can't keep a secret. <laughs> Goderich versus, versus Paris on the other side of the bracket here. Paris, Ontario. I've actually never been to mm. Paris, Ontario. One of the few small towns I've never stepped foot in. But I reached out to unofficial mayor of Paris, former dad bod contestant on the Taz and Jim show, Mike Pelly. I said, what's so special about Paris? Pelly the Belly, and he said, well, it's the cobblestone capital of Canada. Nice. The town's gypsum deposits were used to make the plaster of Paris to make it so beautiful in France, the actual Paris, and the Paris uh, Fair was named to the top 100 festivals in Ontario. Very good. Now, don't tell Mike Pelly, but there are only 100 festivals in Ontario, (laughs) but enjoy your participation ribbon, Paris. Goderich, Ontario is their competition. Goderich got its nickname from the Queen of England. She called it the prettiest town in Ontario. But the Queen also said Prince Andrew was a sweet, innocent boy, so take it with a large (laughs) grain of salt, which you can find at the Goderich Salt Mines. (laughs) Okay. The final is tomorrow. Who is going to be competing? For the title and the live broadcast from yours truly, Taz and Jim. It's up to you to decide. You got to go to Instagram at Taz and Jim. Click on our stories and that's where you vote. All right. Voting is now open at Taz and Jim on Instagram. Get on there and let's figure out what is the greatest small town in the Taz and Jim listening area. So, I have a feeling there is going to be probably about nine, ten more Mario Brothers animated movies. <laughs> Good weekend? For $375 the- million dollars worldwide. Okay. It is the largest opening for a video game movie adaptation ever. And it is the largest animated film opening ever. Ever? That's ever. shocking to me. Good for them. Yeah. I mean, it'd be, it'd, be, it'd be crazy if they didn't make any more Mario movies because there is 
58 Mario games. Every of, <laughs> angle possible. A lot of content that they can uh, pull from there mm-hmm. on the uh, video game consoles. Yeah, pretty wild. Our producer Ryan went and saw Mario Brothers on the weekend. This is a review from an adult with no children who went to the movie. Did it live up to your expectations, Ryan? Yeah, I mean, I knew it was a kid's movie going in, so I didn't have, like, super high expectations. But, like, as far as I was concerned, it was a really enjoyable time. What made it so good? You could really tell that the people who were working on this movie were fans of the source material. There were lots of, like, little Easter eggs, little references to the games, and, like, in the score especially, like, when things would happen in the movie that were uh, tied into what would happen in the game, the sound effects from the game would kind of come in through the score. So if they go underground to the sewers, it'd be like... Yeah, yeah. It was really cool the way they, they kind of like worked it into the score. So it sounded like a movie, but also it's like, hey, I know that jingle. I don't remember the uh, the Jack Black, uh, the song he sings as Bowser at the piano. I don't remember that being in any of the games. <laughs> You've never played Super <laughs> Mario the RPG then, Taz. <laughs> Does Bowser sit at a piano and play piano in <laughs> some of the video games? I don't know. I looked it up. I had to find out how many because I said 58. I pulled that just out of my butt. How many? Well, I was close. I'll just say it. There's 49 Mario Super games? Mario games specifically. Yeah. Does that include like Dr. Mario and it, it can, everything? There's 21 main, six related. The carts? Yeah, all the yeah. Cart I games. think it's, it's all of them thrown together. This uh, this clip has gone viral. Uh, Jack Black is getting praise for his voice acting in this film as the villain Bowser. And he does have a musical number, Jim, Yeah. in the movie. I also saw it with my kids last week, and they loved this. Peaches, 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 peaches. Oh, yeah. It's so I wonder ridiculous. If he was cast after they wrote the song, or they cast him and they said, "We got to get Jack Black singing in this." Yeah, he could have just been on set, you know, yeah. riffing. Peaches, peaches, peaches. This is good. Presidents of the United States a little worried <laughs> right now. They yeah. had no competition in the in the world of songs about peaches. And along comes along Jack comes Black. old JB. <laughs> peaches, 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 peaches. The Taz and Jim podcast. You know who the real winner of the Masters was? Whoever was selling the umbrellas. Just tons of those green and white umbrellas making their way around the course on Saturday mm-hmm. with all that rain. I remember the video game Roller Coaster Tycoon. If it started raining, you'd pump up the price of the umbrellas <laughs> and you'd make a killing. Long sleeve shirts. It was cold down there, too, in Augusta, Georgia on Saturday. And uh, here it is. This is the audio. This is when the trees fell. On the course, two tall pine trees uprooted and fell right in front of the 17th tee box. The wind which came whipping through, and you can see the aftermath of it. Several enormous pines have fallen there to the left of 17 T. And to see the aftermath of them falling is, is horrifying. Miraculously and gratefully, we can report that there are no injuries, scrambling to make sure that patrons were all right. And gratefully, thankfully, there were no injuries at all associated with that, and the cleanup will continue. <laughs> you can hear the chainsaws in the background. <laughs> Trying to clean up the mess. <laughs> yeah, how about that? Everyone got out of the way. It's like Alan uh, McLean 
Uh, we just had him on talking golf, and he said he's been there when the trees come down on a course before. He says it's the sound, like you hear the the loud crack before the tree comes down, and that basically is what saved all the people, all the spectators who were sitting right there. They heard the noise, and they all started running. Mm-hmm. Good thing golfers are all trained to run. If somebody yells four or timber or if you hear <laughs> cracking wood, get out. Like, they're ready. That could have been bad, man. Uh, thankfully, no one was injured there with those trees falling uh, at Augusta National on the weekend.